Well, somebody called Gene Autry. I'm back in the saddle again. <laughs> I think that's how the saying goes. Yeah, that's how the saying goes. It's a good song. I like that song. Maybe I'll have to play that song later today when I get home from work. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning here on Covenant Network. What a joy it is to be with you on this beautiful, gorgeous, stunning Monday morning. Who would have thought we'd be rejoicing in Monday, but I am. Today I rejoice in Monday. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, we place our trust in you. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, we believe in your love for us. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Once again, it's great to be back with you on this Monday morning, an unexpected uh, day off on Friday. Not in a good way. It's not... uh, an invitation to go play golf or skip out of work to go to a major league baseball game or, or, or something like that. No, uh, you ever have an infection and then uh, you, you have the foresight to say, you know, I probably ought to have that looked at, but apparently you didn't have it looked at soon enough. Um, apparently that's what happened on Friday. Luckily I have a nurse for a wife and I have a wife who is a nurse, you know, she's, she's great. I absolutely love her. And uh, she said, yeah, you're right. You need to take care of that first thing today. So a little trip to urgent care instead of a radio show. And all is well now. All is looking good. And like we said, we're back in the saddle again today on the show. We're going to pick up where we were supposed to leave off on Friday. We're able to have Father Wade on with us today to talk about the Holy Trinity. No, I am not talking about bell pepper, onion, and celery, although... Who doesn't love a good bowl of gumbo? Maybe I'll make some gumbo tonight. No, we're talking about the one God, three persons, the divine nature, the divine persons, all fully God, and yet each distinct. There's a, It's a mystery. Father Wade's going to help us unpack that. We also have a homily on the Holy Trinity from Monsignor Morris, and we have a homily today from Father Schumacher on being a soldier for Christ, plus the weather, the saint of the day, the daily dose of encouragement, and uh, more here on Roadmap to Heaven. Before we get to anything, though, let's find out how beautiful Monday is going to be. We got some rain yesterday at my house, but just uh, 20 minutes away, not even my parents didn't get any rain. We got some hail. They got nothing. So let's find out what's in store for Mike Roberts today. Today is the memorial of St. Boniface, bishop and martyr. Born in England in the late 7th century, Boniface entered a monastery in what is now Essex and began his journey to become a priest. He was ordained at the age of 30. In 716, he was asked by Pope Gregory II to make his way to Utrecht to help St. Willebrord, who was bringing Christ to the Netherlands in what is now Germany. In addition to paganism, he found a poorly organized church rife with error and disobedience. When called to Rome to explain to the Pope what Boniface found, he was told by the Holy Father to reform the church and sent letters to all of the church leaders and the civil leaders in the areas that Boniface was called to serve. 
Charles Martel, grandfather of Charlemagne, played an especially important role in this effort because his support provided both access and authority to Boniface as he reached out to these communities so thirsty for the Lord. As a regional bishop, Boniface began to have great success, and in Germany especially, the church became more unified with a better understanding of the need to follow the lead of the Holy Father. However, as he and 53 companions were preparing a large group of converts in a part of Germany known as Frisia, they were attacked and murdered by thieves on this day in 754. He is the patron saint of both Germany and England. St. Boniface, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Father Wade Menezes is the author of Catholic Essentials. And before that book came out, in fact, a long while before that book came out, there was this book, too, that could be called a Catholic Essentials. It's Theology for Beginners by Frank Sheed. And I brought it with me today because Frank Sheed shares with us the doctrine of the Trinity outlined. More on that in a moment, because Trinity Sunday is coming up. And as I said on the show this past Tuesday, there is a lot I could say about the Holy Trinity, and there is a lot that I do not understand about the Holy Trinity. But I do know that, per Frank Sheed here, in the barest outline, the doctrine contains four truths. In the one divine nature, there are three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. No one of the persons is either of the others. Each is holy himself. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. They are not three gods, but one God. That's from our good friend Frank Sheet here. Now, if you're like me and you're hearing that and saying, hold on, there was a lot you just said there, and some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't. Well, we couldn't get Frank Sheed because he's been dead for a while, but we could get Father Wade Menezes from the Fathers of Mercy to join us, host of EWTN's Open Line Tuesday. And Father, it's good to have you back with us. I imagine you're going to get some phone calls this week about the Holy Trinity. I, I probably will, and I'm ready for it. You know, uh, the church actually teaches, uh, Adam, that the doctrine of the Most Holy Trinity is an inexhaustible mystery. So, for example, if you claim to know everything there is about the doctrine of the Most Holy Trinity, three divine persons and one God, one God and three divine persons, you're a heretic, <laughs> because the church teaches you can't know everything about the Trinity. It's an inexhaustible mystery. And uh, as we progress now through really this octave of Pentecost, uh, Pentecost Sunday itself being the first uh, day of the eight-day celebration, what we call an octave, and Trinity Sunday being the eighth day, as, as we traverse through this uh, octave celebration of Pentecost, it will culminate with uh, the great solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. And that's what I want to talk a little, about, a little bit about today for our listeners. It's, it's such a beautiful, beautiful doctrine. What we do know about the Blessed Trinity, what has been revealed uh, through the Son, through the sacred scriptures, uh, what the church fathers of the first eight centuries have expounded upon for us, uh, you know, there's a, a famous story, speaking of the church fathers, about St. Augustine. Uh, following his conversion, he was already made the Bishop of Hippo of Northern Africa. And one doctrine that just really continued to stump him, Adam, was the doctrine of the Most Holy Trinity. He just could not fathom fully the doctrine of the Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So one day he's taking a walk along a beach, and he's just meditating on the Trinity, and beautifully so. And, and way up ahead, he sees a young boy who has a shovel and a pail. 
And he sees the little boy going out to the lapping wave when the wave of the ocean is lapping there on the sand. And he picks up with his shovel a, a scoop of water and then takes it to the pail and dumps it in. Then he waits patiently for the next lapping wave to come in. And he takes his shovel again and he picks up some water and then he carries that little shovel of water to his pail and he dumps it. And Augustine's watching this as he keeps walking towards the little boy. Well, finally, he approaches the little boy and he says, young lad, what are you doing? And the little boy looks up at him and he says, why, sir, I'm putting the entire ocean in this here bucket. <laughs> and St. Augustine said, young man, there is no way ever that you will be able to put the entire ocean in this bucket. And the little boy looks up at him and says, and neither will you, sir, ever be able to comprehend fully the doctrine of the most holy trinity. And the little boy vanished. So St. Augustine believed that that was the adolescent Christ child guiding him to understand that it is indeed an inexhaustible mystery, you know, but it's a, it's a beautiful story. And so we, we may think of the doctrine of the Most Holy Trinity as something too complicated or abstract even uh, to make much of a difference in our day-to-day -day life, but it is an important doctrine. After all, the church does teach the doctrine of the Most Holy Trinity is something very important for us because it's our triune Godhead that we worship. Yet the Catechism states that the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity is the central mystery of the Christian faith and of Christian life. It is the mystery of God in himself. It is therefore the source of all other mysteries of the faith. The light that enlightens all these other mysteries of the faith is the light of the Holy Trinity. It is the most fundamental and essential teaching. That's pretty powerful words, huh? And that's from paragraph number 234 at the beginning of the Universal Catechism of the Catholic Church. The mystery of the Most Holy Trinity is the central mystery of the Christian faith and life. It is the mystery of God in himself. It is therefore the source of all other mysteries of faith, the light that indeed enlightens them. It is the most fundamental and essential teaching. So very, very powerful, and yet it's an inexhaustible mysterious teaching, right? Uh, in contemplating and loving the Blessed Trinity, we behold the truth of who God really is, a communion of persons, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is that mystery and that life that we are called to share in. And I'll talk more about that in regards to the exitus and reditus doctrine, which I'll define shortly. Uh, the Trinity is who God really is, a real, personal, wise, and loving God. And because he has revealed to us, literally through his son, uh, who he really is and through his word, uh, we can really speak to him and really truly love him. He's a revealed God, right? Uh, St. Terebius of Montenegro, a 16th century saint, says this, God is the infinitely perfect being who is the most holy trinity. Quote, end quote. Now, what a great apologetical answer if a Protestant friend comes up to you, Adam, or even a non-Christian friend comes up to you and says, hey, Adam, uh, you know, uh, I know you practice your, your faith really, really well, and you love your Catholic faith and you practice it. Uh, for you, Adam, as, as a Catholic Christian, uh, a Christian specifically a Catholic, um, who is your God? Who, who is God for you? And you can simply answer what St. Terebios of Montenegro just told us. You would answer that friend, me, personally, as a Catholic Christian, my God, 
my God is the perfect, infinite being who is the most holy trinity. Because that sums it up. <laughs> yeah. and, end of discussion up. right there. Right. The infinitely perfect being who is the most holy trinity. And St. Columban, the, the great 7th century abbot, says this, Who then is God? I shall tell you who is God. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Therefore, do not look for any further answers concerning God. <laughs> Isn't this great quotes from the saints, you know? They're, they're, they're not only summing it all up, they're telling us, look, don't make extra work for yourself, <laughs> all right? <laughs> you know? And uh, I, I love this now. The, the famous Benedictine liturgist, uh, Dom uh, Cyprian Vagagini, who wrote beautifully on the liturgy. And of course, the Benedictine school has given us some great liturgists over the decades. But he says this, the way by which God comes to us and we go to God is left neither to our own whim nor to our own device. No, but is positively pointed out for us by God himself. It is the law of objectivity. It is what it is. The primary basis of the liturgy and indeed of all prayer shows this truth to us. Why? Because God has made manifest to us through his divine revelation in the sending of his son, and in a quite detailed manner, how we are to approach this way of communion with him, indeed the communion between God and men. Revelation teaches us in the first place that the God to whom we must go is a God of three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the second place, this same revelation the better to illuminate our path, discloses to us a wonderful beam of light which rests upon the whole cycles of what are called relations between that Trinitarian God and each one of us. To describe this cycle of relations in brief, we can say the following. And now I love this, okay? Everything is ordered to the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Spirit. And we see this especially in the collect prayer at the beginning of, the, of Mass, right after the penitential rite, where the priest says, let us pray. And then he, he goes into the collect prayer after that pause. What was he doing during that pause, by the way, Adam? He was making a mental willed intention, a deliberately willed intention to collect huh, all the intentions that had been brought to this particular mass. That's why it's called the collect prayer. He's just collected all the intentions along with his own primary intention for that particular mass. And here's the thing. How is the collect prayer always worded? If you listen to it, also called the opening prayer of the Mass, but the official name of it is the Collect Prayer. It's always, always ordered to the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Beautiful, beautiful prayer, the Collect Prayer. So here now is Don Vagagini, the great Benedictine liturgist, explaining these relations of the to, the through, and the in, that all liturgy and all prayer is based upon that God has revealed. He says this, to describe this cycle in brief, we can say thus, Every good gift comes to us from the Father through the medium of Jesus Christ, his incarnate Son, in the presence of the Most Holy Spirit. And likewise, it is in the presence of the Holy Spirit through the medium of Jesus Christ, the incarnate Son, that everything must return to the Father. This is the Christological Trinitarian activity of sacred history of salvation of the plan of God working in the world, a plan given to us by him himself. 
the whole structure of the liturgy presupposes this activity and without which the liturgy would be incomprehensible. What do we mean by liturgy? The celebration of any of the seven sacraments, but in a, a, a way par excellence, the most holy Eucharist and its celebration. Because where the other six sacraments effect the grace they signify, the Eucharist not only effects the grace it signifies, the Eucharist is what it signifies. So without these relations of the two, the through, and the in, the three divine persons, to the Father, through the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the liturgy would be incomprehensible. Okay, so would prayer. So would the sacred incarnation of the Son, right? So this is all very, very important. Pope St. Leo the Great says, Beloved, let us give thanks to God the Father through his Son in the Holy Spirit. See, two through and in. The church fathers got the memo. St. Athanasius, 4th century, says this, The grace and gift of the Trinity are given by the Father through the Son in the Holy Spirit, and all returns to the Father. So in other words, the life of the Trinity is, is truly the whole point of the Christian faith, okay? Uh, the goal of every single individual human life. We come from our Trinitarian God, and we are called to return back to our Trinitarian God. This is the great exitus, coming out of or out from in Latin, and reditus doctrine, exitus reditus doctrine, the great returning to God, right? Exitus and reditus. Those who have studied theology know this phrase well. Everything comes from God, exitus, and in a certain way, everything returns to God, reditus. Isn't that beautiful? So this gives us some indication of how we worship or, or the inner workings of our liturgical worship and our prayer life, always to the Father, through the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. And if you're like me and you're saying, wait a minute, Father, you just said a lot here, and this is all over my head. I mean, I think I'm picking up bits and pieces here. Well, I'm just going to rest assured in something Father said earlier, that these great saints that he quoted are all saying, don't think too much about it. Don't 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 make yourself work harder than you have to. You're not going to fully understand it uh, until, God willing, you experience the beatific vision and you are a saint one day. And th then, then we'll know. Uh, and exactly. <laughs> Very true. Very true. And in the meantime, we can do this, though. It's been said that if you really, truly, sincerely, with purposeful, willed intent, involve the three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in your daily life, you can accomplish more by accident than what you set out to do on purpose. Wow. If you truly, sincerely, with purposeful, willed intent, involve the three divine persons in your daily life, you can accomplish more by accident than what you set out to do on purpose. So how about offering the following to the Father through the Son and the Holy Spirit? For example, your prayer, your work, your recreation and leisure, your family life, your friendships, your marriage, your singlehood, your widowhood, your consecrated religious life, your diocesan priesthood, your employment, doctor, farmer, lawyer, doesn't matter. Offering all things to the Father through the Son and the Holy Spirit daily, daily with purposeful willed intent. A beautiful, beautiful reality and a beautiful thought of what we can do to involve the Trinity in our daily life. And I'd like to say this too, Adam, we're going to spend an eternity with God when we make it to heaven. God willing, we remain faithful. Doesn't it make sense that if this is going to be the same God you're going to spend eternity with, that it makes sense, even on a natural plane, 
that you get to know him well now makes total perfect sense. If we're going to spend an eternity with him, we want to get to know him well now. I was thinking about our most recent recording. We were talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how it's like flexing a muscle. And do you, do you yeah. want to wait until you fully understand the trainer, the, you know, the, the Holy Spirit training you in these gifts? Or would you just like to say, trainer, I don't understand everything you're telling me here, but please help me flex this muscle. I think it's good to just start working out now. And, you know, you, you don't have to understand everything fully to do what Father Way just encouraged us to do. You can go to the Father through the Son in union with the Holy Spirit. And Father, actually, that's a question I want to ask you right now. When we pray at home, say our, our kids have a, a test coming up. They'd be really surprised because they're on summer vacation now and they, they thought they were done with tests. But if we said, well, let's pray for that test. Father, we ask you to pour out your graces upon this student who's getting ready for this test. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, in unity with the Holy Spirit or in union with the Holy Spirit. Could we pray like that at home? Because that sounds an awful lot like how you would pray at Mass. Yeah, it's the Collect Prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we humbly ask you, da 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 We ask this through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever, amen. The two through and in, what are called the relations between the three divine persons, three persons in one God, three divine persons in one God, one God and three divine persons. Remember the, uh, the old Baltimore Catechism had the wonderful diagram of the Trinity. Uh, it, it had a shape of a shield, I think, in the middle, and it simply said God, huh? In the middle, God. And then it said, uh, Father, Son, and Spirit on the outer perimeter of that shield shape that had the word God in the middle. And then there was a, a line going from the Son, and on the line was written, is God. The Holy Spirit with the line pointing to the center is God. And the Father with an arrow pointing is God. But then going back to the outer peripheries, there was a line connecting the Father to the Son, and it said, is not. So the Father is not the Son. Then there was a line on the outer periphery connecting the Son to the Holy Spirit, and it said, the Son is not the Holy Spirit. And then there was that third and final one with the line connecting from the Holy Spirit to the Father, the, the Holy Spirit is not the Father. But yet each one is God, you know. Uh, and I remember, you know, my young intellect, you know, what was that, maybe 11, 12 years old? I'm like, this totally makes sense, you know. <laughs> You know, we have that. If, if you ever visit our beautiful Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis, uh, underneath the Baldacchino, it, it's hard to see from if you're not a priest or if you're not the altar server because of where it's positioned. But we have that in the mosaics on the uh, oh, the bottom side okay. of the Baldacchino over the altar. And a professor I had here in St. Louis reminded me of that very diagram and said, let's remember those are two-way streets. It's not just the Son is God, but God is the sun. I love that image. I was going to bring it up and here you beat me to the punch, Father. <laughs> a couple more uh, saints quotes that I think are really, really good. Uh, and, and we have a whole plethora of saint quotes from the first eight centuries because that's when the Trinitarian doctrine was being resolved and discussed and voted on at uh, councils in regards to its proper expression. It was believed in, but the question was how to properly express it, right? Uh, St. Fulgentius of Rusby, 6th century bishop, he says, uh, the most holy trinity, the one true God, is of its nature unity, equality, and love. And by one divine activity, 
this trinity sanctifies its adopted sons and daughters. Again, beautiful imagery. And by this, this one divine activity, this trinity sanctifies its adopted sons and daughters. St. Ioannikos, 9th century religious, says, My hope is in the Father, my refuge is in the Son, and my shelter is in the Holy Spirit. O Holy Trinity, all glory be to you. St. Elizabeth of the Trinity says, O my three, O my all, O my beatitude, O my three infinite solitude, O immensity in which I lose myself because I cannot fully comprehend you, I bury myself in you and ask you yourself to bury yourself in me. I will never fully contemplate you until I finally reach your light, the light of your greatness. And she's referring to the beatific vision. Once we're in heaven, once we are saints, uh, that's the goal right there, uh, is to behold the beatific vision, eternal beatitude, huh? Uh, heaven for all eternity, where eye is not seen and ear is not heard, nor has it even dawned on the human mind and heart what God has prepared, you know, for those who love him. A famous quote by St. Catherine of Siena, we can kind of wrap it up with this one, Adam, which shows forth the fact that it's in an, an inexhaustible mystery, right? Catherine makes this very, very clear. She says this, O eternal Trinity, you are a mystery as deep as the sea. The more I search, the more I find, and the more I find, the more I search for you. But I will never be left satisfied. No. Why? Because whatever I receive will leave me desiring even more of you. So there you have it. You know, a, a great quote that tells us that it is, the Trinitarian doctrine is an inexhaustible mystery. And one final point, you know, we go from the octave, we Catholics are big on octaves, right? So this octave currently from Pentecost Sunday, which closed the 50-day Easter season per se to Trinity Sunday is an octave. And then we'll have the Trinity Sunday octave to Corpus Christi Sunday for those dioceses that observe it on the Sunday following the Thursday after Trinity Sunday. Uh, we'll close the octave of Trinity Sunday with the great celebration and solemnity of the body and blood of the Lord. For those of you who are married, think of it like this. Have you ever been able to fully express in words how much you love your spouse? If you're like me, the answer is no. Have you ever been able to fully understand all of the ways your spouse loves you? If like me, the answer to that is also no. And Father Wade, that, that's what I keep thinking of as you bring up all of these inexhaustible things we could say about the Holy Trinity. And sometimes uh, I'm a smart man when I stop trying to express in words my love to my wife or to ask, why do you this? Why do you love me like that? What do you mean by that? But just to be with her. So I love your encouragement today. Maybe stop thinking so hard about this and just spend some time with the Holy Trinity. And what, what was it you said earlier that we can accomplish more yeah, with the Holy Trinity than said, what we set out to do on our own? Yeah, it's been said that if you truly, really, and sincerely involve the three divine persons in your daily life, with willful, purposeful intent, you can accomplish more by accident than what you set out to do on purpose. <laughs> and you know, I've, I've, I, I have experienced that time and time again. You know, I think I'm running late to the airport for my next flight out to go preach somewhere, whether it's a parish mission or a weekend conference or a weekend retreat. And I get held up in traffic only to get a notification from my airline that my flight is postponed by 90 minutes. 
everything ends up working out great, you know? So there you have it. Not that we don't have our crosses. We do have our crosses. We have our trials, our tribulations. But you'd be surprised, you know, if you really, again, with willful, purposeful intent, actively, proactively involve the three divine persons, you can accomplish more by accident than what you set out to do on purpose. And, and that's a beautiful thought. You know, I say this as a point of transparent witness, uh, not, not to boast or pat myself on the shoulder, but really, truly, and sincerely, I mean this. Ever since I was a layman, I've, I've prayed a decade of glory bees a day for world peace and harmony among nations, uh, especially for no nuclear war. I've done that even since I was a layman, probably in my late teens, early 20s. Uh, a decade a day of glory bees for world peace and harmony among nations. And that's just one example of a daily committed Trinitarian devotion that we can take on. You know, the Trinity is such a beautiful doctrine and the glory be to the Father prayer expresses it beautifully. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end, amen. And so I'd like to encourage our listeners, Adam, to think about taking on a devotion in honor of the Trinity. There, there's a nine-day novena, I'm sure, you can find online at any reputable Catholic website. There's no particular one. Find one that appeals to you. There, there's novenas to the Trinity. Um, and, and really foster that love for the Most Holy Trinity in your life. Absolutely beautiful, Father. It's all absolutely beautiful. You know what I'm going to ask you to do next to, to close up our time together? Let's invoke yes. in prayer the Holy Trinity. <laughs> amen. Amen. Absolutely. And I do so gladly. Uh, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Covenant Network radio listeners and especially those of Roadmap to Heaven and remain with each and every one of you this day and always. St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us. Well, friends, if you have more questions for Father Wade Menezes, I encourage you to listen to Open Line Tuesday on Tuesday afternoons on EWTN Global Catholic Radio right here on Covenant Network at 2 p.m. Central Time. You can call in and ask your question. In the meantime, be sure to check out all of our podcasts and videos with great priests like Father Wade and great members of the lay faithful as well. You can find us at Our Catholic Media on YouTube or on social media, and uh, just look up Roadmap to Heaven on your favorite podcast player if you're not listening to us on a podcast player right now. In the meantime, Father Wade, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Adam. God bless you now. All right. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned for more. Prayer in a Time of Waiting All-powerful and ever-living God, guard our churches, our homes, our schools, our hospitals, our factories, and all the places where we gather. Deliver us from harm and peril. Protect our land and the peoples from enemies within and without. Grant an early peace with victory founded upon justice, instill in the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere a firm purpose to live forever in peace and goodwill toward all. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. We begin a new month and a new week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, and Patty Schneier is with us. Patty, what is our theme this week? Well, this week we are going to take a look at 
Venerable Fulton Sheen. He's one of my favorites. He's written so many fantastic books, and he has so many nuggets of truth. And my mom actually handed me a book that was just all of his quotes each day, a different quote from Fulton Sheen. And, man, I looked through that thing, and some of them just pierced my heart instantly. And that's when I knew, okay, I need to ponder these, pray about these. And then, of course, it's always something that I then bring to all of our listeners to share. So here we go. First quote by Fulton Sheen that really— really hit me just right in the gut. Here it is. He said, the more materialistic a civilization is, the more it is in a hurry. There is an unmistakable connection between an empty life and a hectic pace. Oh my gosh, guilty as charged. I read that and went, how does he know me so well? How often am I in a hurry? So today, the challenge for myself and for maybe all of us is let's just look at our habits. Look at, like, I have to look at my own driving habits. I have to look at my schedule, my to-do list that overpowers my day and puts me in fifth gear all day long. We make up this civilization. Are we constantly in a hurry? Today, let's breathe. Let's walk, drive, talk just a little bit slower. And man, is this going to be a challenge for me. So let's just stop and smell a flower maybe today or notice a bird or talk to a neighbor or be present to a child. If you can today for just maybe five or 10 minutes, try to slow your pace down and think about what Fulton Sheen said, the more materialistic a civilization is, the more it's in a hurry. Patty, you're not the only one who's been hit deeply by what Archbishop Sheen said, and I want to thank you for sharing that quote with us today. All right, a few things around our listening areas for you. Tomorrow night for all of the young adults, June 6th, there is the Summer Theology on Tap here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Missionaries for the Eucharist with Jane Gunther as the speaker on being permanently in a state of mission uh, it's a great opportunity for Eucharistic revival. On Sunday, on the external solemnity of Corpus Christi, we've received word of a few processions. Those of you out in the Cottleville area are invited to St. Joseph Parish, Cottleville, for a Corpus Christi procession beginning at 1.30 p.m. in the church, from the church to Cottleville City Hall and back. For those of you listening in Dutzile, Missouri, St. Vincent de Paul Parish will have a procession on Sunday after the 10.30 a.m. Mass. It's approximately 11.20 that procession will get started. For our friends down in Dexter at Sacred Heart Dexter, Stan Matheny sent me word that there will be a procession Sunday at 3.30 p.m. as well. So, that's out there. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, that's our hour. That, that went by fast today, I have to tell you, and... Uh, Good to be back with you tomorrow. We're going to continue right here on Roadmap to Heaven, Growing in Holiness. We're going to be doing some things this week to get ready 
for Corpus Christi. In fact, I'm excited about what we have in store. So you'll just have to tune in, won't you, Um, and join us for that. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. And it's my joy to remind you each and every day that the Blessed Mother wants you to pray your rosary today.